the space of learning has to change and because we look at space as a classroom even if you ask many people they'll say did you enjoy the classroom or the playground or the music class we'll all say it's the playground the pt period and the, which means that learning is not by sitting sitting is the worst way of learning to me the learning is beautiful when you're running around when you're playfulness Namaste welcome to Indian entrepreneur this is your host Shweta Nag Before we begin today's episode let us reflect on how stories have the ability to transform us Human beings have been telling stories as long as there has been a language to tell them in We think in stories remember in stories and turn just about everything we experience into a story sometime adjusting or omitting facts to make it fit On today's episode we have one such guest who believes in storytelling as a strong medium for conservation which is highly relevant in the modern context. He combines his work and interest in theater and conservation in his storytelling. He is the co-founder of Tahato, a Bangalore-based theater entity and around the story tree is his initiative to connect the modern day listener to the environment around through the power of stories through arts. So let's listen to Vikram Sridhar's story and what made him to choose this profession as a performance storyteller. Hi Vikram, welcome to Indian Entrepreneur. Uh, it's really a pleasure talking to you today. Same here. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Vikram, in any picture of yours I see you're full of energy and vibrant. What's your source of inspiration and what keeps you inspired and motivated? One of the reasons why I use my body is I love spaces. So I think space gives you gives me a lot of energy. So and also there's a audience the the tree if it can be under a tree then there's a different energy so I love to do uh, bring the body into place because for me somewhere celebrating with the body comes as part of performance so that could be one and moment it's in a open space there's always that energy that comes that's one of the reasons why I love performing in a larger space and just the face and the voice could you tell us a little about yourself where were you born your know, parents education background so uh, like many south indians i have a degree in engineering and management but that's not the story but uh, it goes back to the ambition of two uh, very uh, aspirational parents who are coming from a middle middle class or lower middle class 1980s got married wanted two children um, but not academically they didn't dream academics for us they dreamt sports and arts so they wanted if it's a boy to be a sportsman if it's a girl to be an artist um and it happened the first one was a boy and my brother is a sportsman so he's played for india he's a national champion uh, he's won numerous uh, awards and he's there in india's history india's history in sports the second one like many of the balance family they wanted a girl and they named the girl sangeeta but instead of sangeeta it didn't happen so it became a boy and they gave so you have to look at it from 1980 it was much ahead of time of non academical thoughts and they uh, gave me everything that my brother got i mean there's nothing um, and they, i also learned carnatic music but then my both my parents don't come from an arts family they come my dad is a businessman my mom is a homemaker 
and both of them didn't even complete school i mean they're seventh standard sixth standard tamil medium uh, dropout so for that they put us in one of the most esteemed schools in madras called padmashashadri and uh, we i studied there till 10th and then i joined dav so academically in that way so what i understood is for me somewhere uh com- competitiveness was not the space but existence was the space so i knew how to pass exams uh i didn't do great in sports i loved playing sports but somebody need to win so then after some time you have to choose between uh playing or playing for fashion or playing for uh, uh, results so i went slower and then but i did well in academics so i did other things i did a lot of uh, arts i used to be a part of the school's different teams um, and many other things so and then that's how i grew up i grew up uh, waking up at 4 in the morning going running to lila college with my father and my brother then coming back then going to school and after coming back from school going to tennis with my brother so playing so sports were somewhere part of growing up physical fitness so Um, and especially for my parents physical fitness was sort of a deification they worship that so an achievement was something so achieving in a different way so they wanted me because it isn't happening in sports they dreamt of uh, somewhere i would do great in academics which i did i mean um, i uh, 10 12 12 over 95% all that was mainstreaming so then came college so i didn't like technology as much i didn't connect to it and also i chose the most safest engineering What, what do you do if you're neither the topper or the bottom? You're somewhere in the middle, floating. So I chose mechanical, and uh, so that was the normal academic path. But parallel to the academic academic path, somewhere I realized during my school days, I started loving to do things which uh, sort of gave me um, a sense of uh, self fulfillment because uh, somewhere you need to know. I mean, you need to vent out as a child. so volunteering for me was that i mean somewhere to volunteer with organizations uh, i used to scribe for blind children i didn't know what was that so whenever school the weekend they said we'll take you and bring you back i did that whenever there's something in the weekend uh, especially i used to i mean i love animals so i used to spend a lot of time with puppies and in college i used to volunteer with a animal rescue center and so that volunteering was something that somewhere i realized i was i loved giving uh, a lot of time and that later i realized it, it gave me a lot of learning so that was school time um, so as part of that the school by itself was culturally very strong so a lot of cultural activities was happening day to day and uh, the school has a sabha in itself so every evening something was happening uh, classical music light music uh, drama so after school i could go back home and come back it's free but somewhere didn't enter my head i mean either i'm not coming from a uh, so they used to sing carnatic music but i used to sleep in the audience but somebody tells you that if you're there your people think you're very intellectual and so as my because my parents had other other struggles like every middle class so it has to be um, every day was a struggle for them i mean but they made sure that we got the best and any time the beauty that my parents did, they didn't put us a put a boundary they never said no to anything you go you come back but just make sure that you come back have a bath or uh, just come back in time that's one two things that they said and um, as so the volunteering was one second was my love for animals the third was uh, some of this arts was something that was around me but it never consumed me i was never a part of it so school time group choir all that i was part of the backman in the group singing so love to be lost in the crowd i mean so that's some so college happened and during college i continued volunteering for a 
animal organizations and somewhere nature was something that i connected to a lot and the question of what uh, flora fauna and fauna is something that i did a lot of volunteering with and a uh, lot of senior citizens spaces and then uh, so that was happening so then uh, i i loved volunteering with children spaces and whenever i went to children spaces i just would do anything to make them laugh i don't know what it is called so drama or art sort of entered into a little more seriousness during my last year of engineering when uh, a classmate of mine said uh, you you're not doing anything in life because till then i had 100% attendance in engineering which was an oxymoron so 100% attendance uh, one of the very few people in mechanical who didn't have an arrear but i also was, i taught my department in i think one one semester but can't fix a tire for i mean i didn't so uh, what do you say operation success patient did gas dynamic space professor and all full department topper but uh, somewhere it gets lost in your thing so then she said why don't you come uh, i'm going for a play why don't you come for a play so i went to a play uh, it was an english play so somewhere you have this thing of oh in english play means these are people who are well read so in tamil we call it get so just being a part of it but still didn't understand it but later the same friend took me to another play which is called nagamandala i'm sure you might dirishan um, nagamandala which is in english and that had music in it dance in it and so all the elements of art came into it this was something that i could connect to because there's an indian aesthetics to it and from then that triggered me to watch a lot of artwork and then i understood maybe this because even in music i don't i didn't understand because nobody translated it to me so one moment somebody translated a song it sort of un- i understood it so art in that way slowly entered uh, so post my undergrad i did my masters again in chennai in iit in mba that time what happened um, my volunteering went a little ahead but i did theater I, did, i entered drama and i also acted in one of the first plays in my life and also understood the process of drama and i said i this has to be in my life i mean not again a lot of uh, i mean this i when i talk to a lot of students i say not all of us know what a talent what, what we love may not be a talent and it's okay not to um, to do things which others tell you it's not your talent so if you like something you need to do that and keep doing it you'll get better at it and that's something that i've i've concentrated so i loved the theater world drama world i loved the volunteering world i loved the social work that i was doing with children in any organization so these three i took to bangalore as when i was working first um i moved to bangalore from chennai for my first onset i mean uh, campus placement so when i got the uh, campus placement one of the biggest mistake was that because uh, later i realized that campus placement also took sucked you into a lot of uh, energy but i i think that's something that gave me time to do things which i liked i think a lot of times what you do is not because you like it i mean you do it because you don't like the other thing so you do this so i did that so office was happening ibm great time um, i moving up the ladder i got in i traveled the world a little bit but parallelly i used to get up at 4 go and rehearse for a play then from there in bangalore for example i used to rehearse in btm then go to whitefield in a, in my bike or a bus and then finish work and then come to koramangala and then weekend i used to go rescue a monkey or a snake and then um, even whenever there's an opportunity to volunteer uh, in any institution i used to do that and differently able was somewhere i used to sort of work with drama theater all that so long story short at one point of time someone um, asked me can you work with children 
uh, using a book. I mean, there is a book here. Why don't you work with that? And I uh, took that book and said, let me read it. Then they said, remove the book, read it. Just enact it. And when I was enacting it, I realized that I could perform this story. Um, because what happened is when we think of theater, it's always the audience is somewhere distant. The act actor is on stage. But here I said, why don't you come and act with me? So I used to, as in when you create the story, I started making the children act along with me. And then the feed, when they saw the children laugh and later the teachers said, somewhere it struck me that this form was interesting. I mean, where you, what, what in theater is called the fifth wall or in, in performance, where the fourth wall is uh, the audience and you, the fifth wall is an audience comes into the stage and becomes the actor at one point of time. So, which means that if the audience tells me uh, you had Italy for breakfast, I will actually end up telling you a story of Italy that day. So, you are a part of the narrator. So, that triggered me to say that, and also in, for me in theatre, I was figuring out what is my form. Because I, you can be in art, but how do you make it sustained over a period of time? I mean, I was doing marketing, I was doing publicity, I was uh, ticketing, but you're not called an artist, no? I mean, so you're called an art supporter. So with this, and for me, I can't buy heart lines. That's something which also led me to not do well in history and geography in school. And, uh, but now that's one of the subjects that I talk about. Byharting was something which is like breaking my, it's like double suicide. So um, this form of creating your dialogue, you know the story in the, and I go along with the flow is happening. And this for me was connecting performance the world of animals, because every indie, Indic story, a lot of Indic stories has flora fauna. But also, we look at flora fauna only as a children's medium. And also, we also do a lot of stereotypes. And that stereotype is what leads to an adult bias. So, uh, that's a larger correlation that, I've also, that I always keep talking about. And then the third is, I can take it to spaces. I can take it to a differently abled organization. I can take a senior citizen's organization. Anywhere I have a tool to work with. Because um, in India, a lot of time, we don't know what to do when we enter organizations. Or uh, So this when, with this tool, now all these three combined. So I don't have to do three different things for me to uh, connect me. So with storytelling, I, I could, I'm doing theater. I am doing conservation. Uh, work using using oral storytelling, and then the third is I can take it to spaces. That's the beginning of the next journey of the storyteller. What did your parents say when you started this journey? So my my parents, being these risky parents with my brother, they thought I'll be the safe kid because my brother um, uh, has had had a life where sports was his main, and uh, uh, school was after sports. So the school also was supportive and things. So they thought I'll be the safe kid. I'll be the one who will make them like, okay, this is the safe child. And they've forgotten that I, I'm the risky, I can take risk. So it came at a time when they thought I will now settle and go. Then I triggered them. But what I did as safety is I never, I, I moved out of work only when I was safe in the art world. Like for about seven to eight years, I, I did it parallel. Um, no, not, not even that. So 2007, uh, I moved to Bangalore and 2007 to 2017, uh, I've done it every single day along with work. And um, till a time when that, the artwork for me was swallowing me more than my work and I had made my support system strong. And also as a 
person i've not taken breaks during after college i think that's something that a lot of us don't do we just continue well then uh, 10th 12th then engineering undergrad and then post grad then work so i gave about 6 months time to uh, look at saying what what am i doing now i'm i'm doing work and work is is not going the way and then you also look at uh, 10 years down the line 20 years down the line may all this put together i knew that this will take me but the not so not the way that i would have wanted to go so then this is the world is increasing and i know that if i give it word now and also a lot of well wishers whom i consulted said the brand vikram was growing more than storytelling so i if i need, i need to feed it i mean i need to feed it and also do that and then somebody who i look up to when i went to one of our workshops she said use the word surrender surrender it will take care of you and that question me in saying that why aren't you surrendering you know what do you expect in return so and uh, this is a these are parents who have already surrendered for me in a lot of way they surrendered to children and it's not a simple life for both my parents because they both of us have taken off shoot so we do lead very different life and uh, it's it wasn't tough convincing them but it was only to make sure that uh, i am safe and uh, so that another friend of mine saying that what will happen nothing is to get a job in a retail store as a sales person right i mean you have two degrees what what can go wrong you know how to talk and um, and i break the notion of a uh, lot of thing i'm not i haven't i mean i had a house i i had me my all that so financially i i to make sure that i said six months let me try and i i don't have a family to take care so i just have to take care of myself and think but my family is the world of storytelling so i believe that art is a family and the children that i'm talking to the children the adults i'm talking to each one is a part of the family that i'm building so i kept 6 months and i i mean told my parents 6 months then see what happens and uh, i didn't tell them but i just kept my house in bangalore so that I, my they know that i'm living a similar life i don't i'm not compromising the only thing that there is don't compromise it's not worth it and also sometimes you need to know that what do you think is your journey uh is the fruits measure your fruits but i i i for myself have measured my fruits so i i've done it very slowly and steadily and slowly and steadily and i quit of uh, corporate work only when i was a googleable name so i made sure that uh, there was work for the, at least for the next 3 4 months and i'm a googleable name and i know that instead of marketing a product now i'm marketing a person so i understood that is going to be and which means my type of work will be 50% i need to build work which i need to spend time but then there is enough uh, art but in itself is nobody is waiting for work to happen but if you do work people will come so that is what for me when, when my parents were saying that okay i'll be safe if i'm sure that i'll take care that's all if something happens i'll start working again that's all as simple as that i mean my degrees are not going to go uh, go anywhere my because i'm not taking a break to take rest i'm not taking a break to this backpack i'm doing another type of work so that adds to so that when i convince them they said try and i got my brother into confidence and he said do what you want how does it matter as far as you're doing something that's all so that way it was a little easier to comfortable and what for my for my mother i mean it took time to understand that a male could do storytelling because male stories was something for her was a little uh, taking time and once she understood and came in papers and all she was like okay 
Okay, then it was proof of success, right? I would say proof of journey because I don't know what success is. Okay. But uh, then uh, whom did you approach? As you said, you had a list of projects to work with and only then you quit. Where did you begin actually? So did you then start with a set of stories or set of audience you chose? So one, one form, the form that I wanted to do was not on a stage. So I wanted to take a performance out and make anywhere a performance and have an audience around, which is similar to one of the movies, like the movie Tamasha or the olden type of storytelling where you could just sit in a juggly or a tinne or a outside the house and have an audience right in, under your eye. And, uh, and I realized that is something I enjoyed. I enjoyed watching and taking from them and not a very, very scripted uh, performance. So Bangalore in that way has a lot of alternate spaces, spaces which gives you a lot of uh, space to experiment. And one such place is Atagalata, which today is shifting to another new venue. So Atagalata and both of them, the founders, Subodh and Lakshmi, uh, are very good friends now. And uh, I just had to go and uh, sort of blabber this idea, saying this is what I have in mind. Uh, because in a very mainstream theater, it, it just doesn't work. In, I didn't want to do it as uh, what is it, an entertaining, in a, in a, let's say, in a play school or whatever. I want to do it as a pure performing art. So I, I was very sure in my style of the work that I want to do. And that, then I'll take it to place. I wanted to say this. So this, and, and then I followed a lot of other storytellers. I connected and then realized that there is lots of other people also who are trying to specialize in storytelling. But this particular one where I could tell to a hundred people, you could be a three-year-old, you could be a 60-year-old. There is something for each one of us and without a mic. And I'm, it's like one and a half hours, somebody performing. And uh, Subodh and Lakshmi Atakalata said, huh, do it. And what's your strength? And they said, I don't know, maybe, I mean, I can do bilingual Tamil and English. They said, load in Tamil and English or try in English, uh, uh, call it uh, Tanglish storytelling and let's see what's coming. And uh, I created the first event and it happened. Um, my theater group is called Tahato. They helped in creating the poster and we put it out and it was a ticketed event. So idea is to say, why would you buy a ticket and come? Because stories will only come for a storytelling performance because stand-up has a certain style. The storytelling was always been, oh, children. I want to break the notion and say that I will, this can be for anybody who can sit and experience a performance. And that's where it started as a performance. And then from there, it's, gone to many places, many cities and uh, uh, many household kacheris uh, in a certain way. So that's always, if it's Bangalore and there's another place called Lahe Lahe. So Atagalata is where uh, this idea bloomed and it's taken space many, 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 many cities. Now. In your opinion, uh, Vikram, what must be the first set of books uh, for children? What is your suggestion on that and why? Parents, because uh, before books, what, what happens is um, children listen before seeing. Okay. And a lot of research say that eyesight comes later. Uh, it takes about six years for a child's eyesight to set in. So listening is the first thing. And that's why a child listens and repeats Amma or Appa, that word. So the first set of stories is as a family, what the parents are telling the child. And for the child, even to read or connect to it, it should be the stories from the people, the, from their culture. Because I think 
the parents there's already an environment at home and a lot of times we look outside the world but i think each culture i mean we can come from whatever cultures we are i mean each family in that way gets strengthened if the child can connect to that through the books or through the stories immediately instead of uneven language for example uh so that is the first rooted i would say and parents are the first tellers and the they are the i would say that they are the books parents are the books and then of course grandparents the family structure so uh, that's where i say and the stories should all be i mean I, I, to me should be the stories of the family stories of the family tradition whatever traditions each each because india is so pluralistic that we can't say one we shouldn't say one is the way but each whatever the family goes through and then expand from there Oh, that was a brilliant answer, uh, Vikram. Very nice, very nice perspective. When interacting with children, you need a special body language, voice modulation to make them inquisitive. How did you develop this? So one is you become the child. Because so, so what's important is when we always uh, talk to a child, we bend down, a child is looking up. It's like watching a dinosaur. <laughs> And I, I mean, imagine you have to look at somebody who's three times our height. Yes. And uh, the neck is going to pain. and that is ahankara so the first thing is go down to the child kneel down and see the child eye to eye and that that is important because it, it is uh, for the child you are just another being so how do you make sure that you cut age is go into that that's go into that and cut your vocabulary because uh, let's say a 5 year old child or 10 year old child of course their vocabulary is not as much as us and we don't have to show off to them so it's okay it definitely okay to not use grammar moon sun today hot day that's all for a child that isn't was doesn't exist for a child and they and you build it over time so that you need to break down many things and go down to say and say that and the other important thing is the way i define children is before puberty and after puberty and before puberty it's a very different language that you use uh, for children and every age also differs because a child is growing every day un- unlike an adult physically let's say a child from yesterday today would have grown 1 mm or 1 cm an adult is not gro- maybe growing in a very different pace maybe the skin is aging but that's a different thing but for a child always the, for me the today the child in the session is transforming by the time i finish the session so if the child is saying i want to run around it means the child is tired or the child is just growing and maybe the teeth is growing and something is happening so the second part is we don't i mean somebody once told that when you are a child you are a you are a singer you are a dancer you are a, a painter but as you grow old you keep closing the boxes so when with children dance you don't have to be a dancer to dance you don't have to be a singer to sing it's only it's again a journey i mean uh, as indians especially we have it within us but to make it a profession you need to have a certain rias so for a child bring that notanki back be the joker be uh, the person that the child wants this laugh the reason why i'm saying laughing is a childhood without laughter is an adulthood with a lot of burden with a lot of baggage so a childhood should be full of laughter and if i can just bring that that's all my paisa vasoos i am not a teacher i am not an educator i'm just a notanki in the child's life who will come and go and trigger that laughter and that 
for me personally is what i look at it saying that is the child laughing that's all could you tell us uh, how did you evolve as, as i mean how are you today in comparison to your initial years uh, have you have you learned something that you are implementing every every day every minute uh, the beauty is this country has so many stories in each tradition that one lifetime is not enough for me and uh, this and each story in the country has multiple ways to look at it uh, and there is pluralism in every story when i say that it could be a story of the mahabharata it could be a saying of story of buddha it could be a story of jesus the one thing that as a, for me in the journey has been to not to believe one version and to say that everybody owns that version for example what is ramkatha in one region becomes lakshman katha in another region duryodhana is worshiped in southern india where duryodhana has a different word and that's the pluralism for me as a storyteller to believe that there are so many versions but what is ingrained in that story is human emotions and also to do my homework is to an extent i mean of course i mean i can't completely go and uh, figure out this and there's no truth there's no absolute truth if somebody says oh this is the original story whose original is going to, i'm going to ask so from the from the beginning where i would only look at the joy of performance and looking at the reaction today for me the journey is do i live that story and not just tell it from a mouth when i say living it means is it my personality is it me is it my bhava is it coming from my authentic self and why am i telling the story and what in the story am i living my life because it's a, and the art and the artist are not far away and moment it becomes far away and i then there there have been many artists i mean moment you see them off the stage it's a different personality but for me i'm 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 trying to i'm trying that i can be the same person who is a performer and of thing and come and talk to me I'll, i can i mean i should be able to talk to you maybe as a performer i take a different um, communication medium and that for example if i do the stories that i do on gandhi or this one i do some or ranis of india or the folk myths of india or the the de- uh, folk deities of india these are not just read but these are stories that i've traveled and questioned and bring back and everything for me is gray i mean I, that's something in my practice that over time I, i'm still evolving saying who am i to comment on it so as a storyteller i'm only to shake myself and the audience and then each one travels so that's more and more i'm getting to the gray zone as i go but in the process slowing down and just living and then after maybe 40 50 stories i munch and chew one story i might share as a performance so that's something and more i mean and, and to all this country to see how diverse it is and how similar stories exist in multiple cultures multiple um, homes but the emotion is still connecting all of us and today when we talk about this that many things this country is a country of continue we have a past longest past and we have a very strong present and we'll have a future and what is my responsibility to take that 
and of course there is problem in the past stories a lot of stories which have a certain tone to it can i tone in the sense it could be gender tone it could be caste zone may tone it could be color tone and how do i open it out and give it to the audience and also when i don't bring the same conscious mistake when i transfer it so in today's context you introduce yes 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 and do you write your own stories uh, i create my own stories okay i use the word create because i don't write them down i create it okay because a story uh, an oral storyteller is creating constant what kind of sessions do you take do you take sessions involving our mythology or do you tell based on your own themes you set your own themes how do you do that so uh, every city i uh, I I I do a series called Stories at Sunset. So Stories at Sunset is remember I mean that six o'clock in the evening when you gather and do. So what I generally do is I mix. So I do a personal narrative. I do a mythology. I do a, a folklore. I do a folk myth. Then I do a legend. I may do a history. I use the word heritage than history because history is somewhere far away, but heritage coming as. and these are different genres so it's a mix of many genres of stories which um i've either read or experienced or is just a fact that i've read somewhere but i weave them into a story and uh, so it's it's a combination of it so i call them classical stories um uh, because uh, the two predominant types of stories are personal stories and classical personal stories is what's happened to me whereas classical stories is where i take it from the past and have a narrative and a storytelling thing and then transfer it because the difference is personal stories have a certain connect classical stories have a certain connect and can be transferred to somebody like i can give it to you and you can give it to somebody so classical stories is where i move i mean i specialize more okay uh, could you share any interesting story in your journey so far as a storyteller where you could you have seen an impact this is a very short story i mean this is a story of an animal so because uh, the story also captures the conservation sense that i always talk i could talk about so once there was an animal that many of us might not have in our vocabulary a porcupine and there was a porcupine and this porcupine was running around here and there here and there here and there and it sa- it suddenly started getting cold so from 40 it became 30 20 10 0 -10 minus -20 minus -30 and it started shivering so much that it was about to die and the porcupine sees another porcupine in moment you see somebody else also suffering you have this akrantham and joy you know aha and this porcupine goes running and sees the other porcupine and goes and hugs the porcupine saying you are also suffering i am also let's hug each other and moment they hug each other because they have this quills around them they start poking each other and these quills poked each other and they started bleeding and they started moving away from each other so when they came to each other and hugged each other because they were hugging they felt a little warmer but they started bleeding and they moved away and they felt the cold again and they again hugged again bleeding again moved out cold so they had a choice either to hug and bleed or to be move away and uh, die in the cold the option is to each one of us so they decided to hug each other and bleed and like that each of our lives are as human beings we have our thorns in our life 
and the moment we come closer to each other we will hurt each other we will hate each other we will spark off all that is not nice but moment we move away from each other our loneliness will kill us and the porcupine bled and it got healed also that's all when the temperature changed they healed each other fantastic fantastic vikram this uh, reminds me of uh, deepak malhotra who is a professor of uh, harvard university in negotiation mm. and uh, it's a very famous video on youtube it says uh, quit early quit often that until you find a passion keep on quitting keep doing don't be in this window saying that you do it and he says if there is a conflict always conflict doesn't mean there are two bad people it's just there are two people that's it it can be good people two good people so it correlates to what you are saying now you know in this beautiful story you know so very well said uh, vikram what do you think should badly change in our education systems approach towards making students creative the space of learning has to change and that, um, because we look at space as a classroom I, uh, to me i think it's happening in couple of alternate schools and many schools i think the space of because a child even if you ask many people they'll say did you enjoy the classroom or the playground or the music class we'll all say it's the playground the pt period and the, which means that learning is not by sitting sitting is the worst way of learning to me the learning is beautiful when you're running around when you're playfulness uh, playfulness is a great way to uh absorb listen and children definitely have that and that's why you will see that even as parents we may think that they're not studying but the moment they're lying down and scribbling they will read so the forms of learning is larger i mean the the learning space is much larger and there's and also there is learning from everything this integrated learning from belpuri there is chemistry to learning violin which has physics in it so that interdisciplinary learning is one and of course definitely the space of learning i think a classroom is the most uh, congested place to learn because you you are dumping 40 kids in a class who are changing every day they're sweating every day they're changing physically every day and there's only one door like one somebody famously said look at a jail and look at a school structure both have the same design so spaces have to send you need to celebrate learning and today a lot of i mean i know a lot of friends who have said that to do what you like to do do you need to go to school so the purpose of schooling is only is, shouldn't be only to give degree but should be a space of exploration for a child if a child says that i i mean i want to do this today to to tomorrow that space should be available i think that's schooling and education and not telling you to pass exams and go to the next standard we you know we come to the last question who is your favorite authors uh, and what are you currently reading i'm currently reading you <laughs> okay <laughs> because i'm i'm defunking the notion that uh, books are libraries because i think every person that you're meeting is a book you don't have to read books to read you can read from every human being and books are an outlet so right now i'm reading you Okay. So I put it back to saying that because today I I think sir, um, more than ever before we need to meet people and connect to people because that's the only way to be digitally uh, detoxed because we we need human beings and thing and human beings are the biggest libraries in the world. 
and that is something and um, yeah so in, in terms of books i mean there are a number of books but i'm i'm saying for me the book right now i always say it's the person i'm talking to very nice very interesting and that was a very unique answer uh, so far for that kind of question uh, vikram it was a really pleasure talking to you vikram and thank you so much for coming and uh, telling your story with us and, and and thanks to you to create spaces shwetnag and for uh, bringing out my story and lots of other stories and uh, keep keep creating spaces and all the best to you thank you thank you so much vikram so i hope you enjoyed listening to vikram sridhar story do stay tuned by subscribing to indian artpreneur podcast on google apple or spotify and follow us at kalatapasya on instagram and facebook we catch you soon on our next episode where we shall be talking to people in performing arts field that are making a difference have a good day kalatapasya